Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 177 of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you, along this week with my brother Aaron. Hello. And uh, we are continuing the fall of fuckery this week as we discuss ECW December to Dismember from 2006, the WWE ECW. Um, but before we get started on that, Aaron, anything you want to talk about before we start on this pay-per-view? Well, just I want to thank everybody for, t- you don't tune in anymore. I'd like to thank everybody for downloading whatever app you downloaded and clicking on our little button and taking a listen. And like I said, I'll probably say it at the end of the show too. The, the best way to grow a podcast is to share it because there's not a lot of ways to get it out there instead of word of, and let, eh, instead of word of mouth. So if you like it, tell other people. Tell your friends, tell your wives, tell your coworkers, tell whoever, tell some stranger on the street. Yeah, we can't wrestle, Adam, or something. I don't care how you do it. Just get it out there. Yes, we appreciate your support. And if you enjoy the shows that we do here at the Wrestling at Radio Podcast Network, like Aaron said, let your friends know, let your family know, let your, let your dog know, let your toes know that you like that they should listen to our shows. And there is, um, Aaron knows, and I'm not, again, like I said last time, I'm not revealing too much yet because I still have to work on stuff, but there are going to be, there's going to be a lot more coming in 2023. I'm going to be putting myself in a position to focus on this business a lot more. Um, some plans with more fan interaction, um, maybe some Patreon stuff coming up, some YouTube. When I have time, I'm going to finally have time to work on these extra things that we've always wanted to do. So that is coming next year. More content and more interaction for you, the listeners of the podcasts that we have here on the network. Yeah. So if you don't help us, if you don't help us, the only position we're in is face down, ass up. <laughs> we want missionary, for Christ's sakes, at least. When we made our list of pay per views we were going to review for this list of terrible shows, I added December to Dismember to the list. And I have to say, and this might surprise people as we go through the show, I actually have, I surprised myself. I haven't watched this show. I don't think I've watched this show since it aired. If I have, I don't remember. Watching this show thoroughly back through again, 16 years later. Jesus Christ, it's been 16 years. Anyway, 16 years later, I have a lot more good to say than I do bad about this show. So I am not fall of fuckering this this pay-per-view. Um, and I will make my points whether they are valid to anybody else or not. Um, and um, I didn't say anything when you put it on a list because, you know, we all have our own opinions and everything like that. But when you brought it up, I'm like, all right, that's one Nate wants on there. That's fine. But I um, I agree with you that I don't think it's as bad as what people peg it to be, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, part of me thinks that... Um, the lore of this being a terrible pay-per-view was the relationship between the WWE, well, mainly Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, and Paul Heyman at the time. And I think just the lore and the re- retelling of stories, that the, the retelling of actual like history that the WWE does, they, they peg this as that. You they know do. I mean? and, and, I, and I mean, like I said, I, as we go through the show, I'll get into reasons why it's not as bad, I think, as it's made out to be. But the show took place December 3rd, 2006 in Augusta, Georgia at uh, 
the James Brown Arena, and you feel good when you go to the James yeah. Brown Arena. You knew that you would. Yes. Only 4,800 in attendance, but it is a smaller arena, which makes sense if you're promoting an ECW show. Uh, when WWE did ECW, they uh, they even, you know, even if the crowd was a bigger crowd because they taped it before or after SmackDown or whatever, they would they would dim the lights so that it looked like it was a smaller crowd to kind of give it that ECW feel. Um, we have Joey, Styles, and Taz on commentary, which is always a good thing. Yes. They are funny and fun during this show. I enjoy their commentary. Um, I do too. And and one thing I'll say about WWECW is I honestly think that that program, if it would have been called anything else, would have been perfectly fine with the fans. Yeah. You know I mean? Like if that would have just been some other brand, like, how do I NXT. say? NXT. Yeah, that would have been if they would have just said this is WWE Velocity. You know what I mean? Just call it Velocity. It would have been people wouldn't even have been. They wouldn't have shit on it as much. But they took something that people had like a warm spot in their heart for, and they felt like they bastardized it, and it became not ECW, but still ECW, and and I just. That's how I feel about it. I think it was just a miss, a miss, a miscast thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And and it became glossy. And WWE, best production company in the world, in my opinion. Them and like NFL, mm-hmm. best production teams in the business. But I don't, I don't want my ECW glossy. Right. The first, the first, okay, and here we go. Here's where I'm going to make a statement that's going, I'm going to have to explain. The first match on this show is my least favorite thing about the show, and I'm going to say why. The match is great. The talent is great. But the biggest problem that WWE ECW had was they would have people that weren't in the ECW brand just wrestling on ECW. Like one one week you just have Batista wrestling on ECW for no reason. Yeah, it like, made no sense. Why is he here? And the first match on this show, Eminem versus the Hardys. Neither one of them are in the ECW roster yet. They're opening up the ECW pay per view. That's what I'm saying. It's like there's nothing wrong with the match, but the the presentation is silly. Yeah, and part of me, like I said, part of that is the fact that I just. Even when he got it, I think Vince thought, well, if I don't have this on a, if I don't have, even though ECW was a WWE product, I think he felt that if anything, like nobody was watching ECW. So I got to put it on SmackDown to get what, I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm, if I'm making sense on it, but I just, I don't, I just think Vince had no faith in it whatsoever. Um. I think he I think I think what what Vince McMahon knew of ECW was it was a popular brand that he could capitalize on. Yeah. And at first because because he didn't know anything about it, he let Polly book it, he let Polly handle it, you know, until he was done with Polly. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I own this brand now, I'll just take it over myself." Yeah, I'll just make it whatever I want it to be. Which, in, in in the long run, I mean, again, I'm going to get to some points here that are both negative and positive. Again, this Hardy Boys match with Eminem is a really good match. Uh, both teams are great. 
They had a, I thought they had a really good feud in 2006, 2007. Um, and I don't have a lot of like details to the match written down because I was watching it, but the Hardys do go over. And yeah. Um, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just gonna say do you have a little more details than I do. I'm not I'm not good at writing down details of the match because I'm watching it. I'm more about my opinion of the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't have a lot of notes on it. Um I'm more of an observation guy when I take most of my notes. Like um the fact that um Molina was bona fide hotness at this point in her career. Good yes. lord. Um <laughs> I don't think there was just a hotter chick in the WWE than Molina at this point. Um, these are four guys, and I'll say it how I'll just say it how I'm saying it. Um, they're four guys of the last era of guys that could do the high spot stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah but not make it to where it was just like a crash test dummy session or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like like they could do all the stuff, but they could do it all to make it make sense. And it wasn't just boom, 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 boom. It was okay. I'm going to hit this high impact move, but I'm also going to have to like, you know, uh, give you an arm drag a headbutt and a clothesline before I can just get up on the top rope and jump on you. Yes, it didn't. It didn't look like um, um, Will Osprey dancing, doing a dance routine in the ring. And, and it's the, st- it, it, there were high spots, but it still looked like a fight. Yeah, and like I said, they had to like get you into the position of being down to be able to jump on you and do whatever instead of just like them standing there waiting for the guy and this that and and, and they all they all looked like fucking wrestlers. Now, like mm-hmm. they're all they're not 125 they don't they don't look like me you know what i mean out there doing their thing and i'm not saying i'm 120 i'm saying i'm 180 pounds but I'm, compared to like joey mercury i'd probably look like a tiny little guy you know right and i'm not even saying joey mercury was huge but like nitro looks like a goddamn wrestler mercury looks like a wrestler the hardys look like wrestlers and they actually know how to wrestle which like I said, I enjoy a lot. And I just think they're the last, not just specifically these four guys, but I think that age group of wrestlers at the time, like that, well, they were probably all probably mid-30s or whatever. Like that mid-30s era of these guys in this night in 2005, 2006 are kind of the last era of the guys that learned from the guys, the, the, the 80s guys, you know what I mean? Right. These are the last guys. These are the last guys that learned from like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and and, and dudes like Chris Benoit and Demo, guys like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yes and no, because they're. I guess you could say there's a lot of guys modern that learned from working with Shawn and them too. But I know what you're saying. You're saying working the style of that yeah. era. Yeah, but still adding whatever they add in their little bit of flair to it or whatever. Right. But but it's like what um, it's like what Cornette says sometimes, like you know, like guys just saw the flashy shit that Rey Mysterio did, but they didn't see the actual work that he did. You know. Right. Yep. And and that he could actually 
use logic and leverage and shit to be able to like make it look like he's hitting these moves on these guys. And all they saw was the, the flash. They didn't see the, the work rate to it. And that's when you get fucking Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about December to December. But I just really like this match. It was a good match. Again, like I said, my only problem with it was it wasn't anybody that wrestled that was an ECW roster member wrestling in the opening match on the ECW pay-per-view. The next thing we get is a promo from Rob Van Dam, who is going to be in our main event, which is an ECW Extreme Elimination Chamber match for the ECW title. It's Big Show, RVD, Sabu, Test, excuse me, CM Punk, and Bobby Lashley. Um, That is what it is billed as. RVD cuts a promo. It's a good, intense promo, uh, which you don't see him do a lot. So I appreciated that. And then... And, and this is where I'm going to start getting into the conversation of what I'm saying about ECW here. Matt Stryker comes out. And he's awesome. And he is absolutely awesome. And there would probably be some ECW diehards that went, why is Matt Stryker in ECW? And here's my case. What is the difference, other than Matt Stryker was actually a little more witty, what is the difference between Matt Stryker and Simon Diamond? Not much. No. Same, same kind of gimmick. Uh, or Carino, yeah. You know? Yes, yes. Um, I'm better than you. I'm smarter than you. I mean, yeah, it's a different kind of. A, a, I can a little, wrestle. Yeah, a little different approach. A little different approach in the WWE ECW. But again, and here's what I'm going to say. This is going to be a word that I'm going to use a lot as we talk about this pay per view. Evolution. Whether ECW is owned by Vince McMahon, Paul Heyman, or whoever, eventually ECW has to evolve. And that is what they were trying to do here. You cannot have a promotion for year upon year full of Sabu and Sandman. And and, and first of all, the style they wrestle makes it so eventually they're not going to be what they once were in the ring. Secondly, it's too much of a niche audience. You know, if you're trying to build a global brand which is, I, I would hope, what any businessman's purpose is, is to try to fill as, make as much money and build your brand as big as you can. The proof is in the pudding. ECW didn't do that. As much as people have this, like, and we, we love it. I get it. As much as people have this, this, this thing in their heart for ECW, ECW was a failed business. It didn't make money. It didn't make money. Vince McMahon had to bail Paul Heyman out. Yeah, I'm not his, with you. his promotion didn't make money. It wasn't in in the grand scheme of things. ECW wasn't a success, successful business. It was it it had its niche audience, and that's where it stopped. And I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying the people that that just pine for ECW. I get it. I really do, and I sympathize. But it was not a it, it wasn't a good it wasn't a good business. Yeah, was I don't know. Good. I don't know that it ever made money. It was a good promotion. How do I say? It was a good promotion, but it was a bad business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it yes. was, it was entertaining to watch, and I don't think For- ever, I don't think ever sucked. But it just no. didn't. It didn't have the business acumen for it, and but but all, yeah, and it, and it is also. All- it is also just like Cornette says, for the kind of people that like that kind of thing, that's the kind of thing they like. But you're not going to expand your audience by not evolving your product. Yeah. 
And Paul also tried, from everything I've ever heard, tried to do too much by himself. And that'll burn you out, too. Yep. But talking about Stryker, um, in ECW, a character like Matt Stryker is necessary. Yep. Because if your whole stick of your company is that we're renegade, hardcore athletes... Who's going to be more hated than the guy that comes out and goes, I don't like this kind of wrestling. Like um, in this promo. And like I said, I think he's one of the most underrated and underused guys that company ever had. Like any role they put that guy in, he fucking excelled in it, in my opinion. And I just, part of me, I've heard that he just kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And, and I also heard that Michael Cole didn't like him personally. And professionally, so that fucked him when he became a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I honestly think that Michael Cole didn't like the guy because he was so fucking talented. Yeah, he outshined him. <laughs> That's my, my honest to god opinion because I've heard him do color, obviously, and I've heard him do play by play, and he does both fantastically. And uh, obviously, I his character in the ring should always be a heel, but doesn't mean he just looks like a fucking heel. Yeah. In this promo, um, he says that he wants to restore order to ECW, and this will be an extreme match. Extreme enforcement of the rules. That's how extreme this match is going to be. Um, and he has the perfect opponent. Yes. Matt Stryker's perfect opponent. Is Balls Mahoney. Yes. <laughs> What better foil for Matt Stryker than yes. fucking Balls Mahoney? Another note on this match is that Matt Stryker has his own face on his ass. Yes, and I I had to put down that uh, Joey Styles asks if Matt Stryker likes to sit on his own face. Yeah, and he says you got to question a guy who likes to sit on his own face. And Taz pops. Yeah. <laughs> did you I just say that? I think, Joe, I think Joe even says sorry. I think. No, no. Taz is like, did you just say that? And T- Joey's like, I think I did. <laughs> oh, I know when he says sorry. I got it mixed up. There's another EC. I can't remember what ECW thing it is, but he says, oh, he just, I don't can't remember what wrestler it is, but he's, oh, he just got kicked in the balls. Like, he's just like, sorry. <laughs> but anyway. I love Joey. Um, you got any other notes on the match? Well, Balls fun. comes out, and of yeah. course he's over because Balls Mahoney was over. Yeah. Um, that guy, that guy's great. He's one of those guys that's great because when you look at him, you expect nothing. And then he starts wrestling, and he's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Like Balls Mahoney. Okay. He found a, he found the shtick that worked for him was being a hardcore chair swinging freak or whatever, but he can fucking wrestle. You yeah, know? I mean he he worked for Cornette. You know what I mean? He and that's what I put in the notes is that this match was used. Um, it was used for that purpose. It was used to show that Paul Mahoney just isn't a hardcore wrestler. He can actually wrestle. Put him in there with a good wrestler that can work with him, and. Um, not lose anything by losing to Balls Mahoney, you know, and um, 
Balls ends up winning with a sit-out powerbomb. Out of nowhere. I I did not see the – I was like – because like I said, I haven't watched his pay-per-view in years. I was like, that's the finish. Okay. (laughs) And I put that I have a strong feeling that this match um, was probably a match that was on the loop – of whatever ECW was running. I don't know if ECW was running independent house show, like not independent. You know, I think they were, I think they were touring with SmackDown at this point, but I have a feeling this is one of the matches that was going on every night. And these two guys were probably working like the middle of the card, like right before intermission for ECW. And this is probably, they probably had the, I'm just saying they probably had this match 25 times before they even got to the pay-per-view. Right. And I'm not knocking it. It was really, I thought it was actually pretty good. And me too. And like I said, I wrote it down. I wrote it down here. Good. Another solid match on what's supposed to be a shitty pay-per-view. Um, then we get a segment in the back. We see CM Punk, uh, getting ready for the, uh, the ECW elimination chamber match. The crowd loses their minds. Yes, they do. And, because he was the perfect guy to be in ECW at this time, as far as the smarks and everything goes. Then you yeah. get, uh, we get a, a. He was the first real internet darling to make it to the WWE. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. yeah. But we, we get to, we get the reveal that Sabu has been attacked oh, in the no. locker room. What's oh, up? No. oh, no. It's down. <laughs> Paul Heyman comes in, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. The crowd has a bullshit chant. This is um, another thing where I'm split. Okay, I'm split on this because I don't think, I think that what they did was proper because Paul Heyman's character at this time is trying to change ECW, right? Yeah. And he has he 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 has test and he has he has hardcore Holly, and his whole purpose is to get hardcore Holly in the elimination chamber. However, my thing is I would have reversed this. I actually would have let Sabu into the elimination chamber because it would have been really awesome to have Van Dam and Sabu in the chamber. And I actually, because he's just starting up, and like you said, he's such a darling with the crowd. I actually would have had Punk be the guy to get hurt. And taken out of the elimination chamber. Yeah, but I still would have had someone taken out and had Holly put in because it it furthers the storyline. It makes sense. I, I agree, but also um, know that um, the going in, and I know Vince ended up because a lot of this pay per view changed like within like that night mm-hmm. from all the backstory I heard and everything. So. Elimination Chamber. I know there's a lot of matches where you're like, oh, I don't want that planned out or whatever. I'm pretty sure you got to map out an Elimination Chamber match. Right. You probably got to practice it. Or you somebody's going to get fucked up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the story that Paul was going to tell in this thing was the Punk was going to tap everybody and win the belt. And Vince didn't want Punk to be the champ. Uh, he wanted the finish that you got. So that, I think, is why... Um, they still went with Sabu getting laid out because these five, what is it, six guys in a chamber? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These guys probably mapped out this match, and then you can't just take Sabu. Like, like Sabu was never entered into it. Like, I think the whole 
plan was for Sabu, you know what I mean? To Right. But the whole finish was fucked over by Vince because, like I said, Paulie wanted him to tap everybody and, and wanted Punk to be the guy. Like, Paulie was, like, Punk was a Paul Heyman guy even right here. Like, so <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but I also think that's what it was yeah the backstage machinations and i i guess when i'm when i was writing my review i wasn't taking all that into account you know i wasn't thinking about that i was just watching the show you know yeah, what i mean I know. and what you're saying makes sense too and if you're but i just think like logistically wise and planning wise for the match that was already it was already in motion you know what i mean yeah yeah but I do like the fact that Paulie's trying to get, he's got his 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 cronies in there trying to protect the Big Show. Yeah, it's a funny little faction. Test <laughs> the Big Show and Harper Holly. Holly and the the Extreme Security or whatever they are, Heyman yeah. Security guys. Yeah. The next match is a tag team match again. Another good match. The FBI, which is Little Guido and Tony Mamaluke, Mamaluke against. Elijah Burke, who I'm a big fan of, and Sylvester Turkai, who uh, just never went anywhere in the biz. Nope. And then um, uh, FBI's with uh, Trinity. And yes. She's a good lord. Look at her. <laughs> Taz goes, or Joey, I think it's Joey, goes, this is what all women in Long Island look like. And Taz goes, all women in Long Island, yeah. Joey. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I've been there. Um, a couple of notes here. Like I said, I thought it was a good, you know, uh, serviceable tag team match. Sylvester Turkai has like the biggest face in the history of wrestling. Yeah, and they a huge him, face. They call him Man Bear, and every time they, I can't Man Bear Pig. Yeah, I can't not call him Man Bear Pig. <laughs> I mean, I actually like Burke. I liked Burke and Man Bear Pig together. Like I thought it was a cool gimmick. But, odd cu- odd couples are cool sometimes. Yeah, and I think it worked. And <clears throat> I I don't know a lot about. There's a couple guys in that like 2005 2006 era that just I think it was a Laronitis thing or what I don't know what it was, but they got in there and they they just they didn't they just didn't pan out you know. Mm-hmm. For different reasons, what for whatever reason, him, Nathan, well, I don't know, Nathan, Nathan, Nathan Jones. Jones, Nathan Jones, just they went to Australia and he said, I'm not getting on the plane he's, going he's, back. He freaked out or whatever. I'm just saying, there's different things. Um, Luther Reigns, Luther Reigns, Marcus Corvon, just all kinds of different guys that could have, they weren't bad. You know what Marcus I mean? Corvon, from what I heard, I think his deal was he had. Uh, something like some, something went down with like a relative of some kind. I don't know who it was, a sister or something that got like cancer or something. And he went, he just, he, he felt like he needed to, to quit to go home and take care of this family member. And then he just never came back to the business. Which is a shame because that dude was awesome. Oh, he was. The pounce. I, li- I liked him a lot. He was really yeah. good. So, but anyway, like I said, I just think for some reason, Turkai and he just fell into that crew. He just fell into that group, and I don't I hate to say it, but I don't think Johnny Laurinaitis was good at his job. <laughs> he wasn't. Like, if you really thought Nathan Jones was this great, like, 
you're going to tell me that if Nathan Jones went to Australia, got on a, like flew to Australia to be on the loop, be the name over there, and then just decided not to get back on the plane and not come back that um, Jim Ross wouldn't have got on the plane and went and talked to him. Oh yeah. Jim Ross would have been like, you have a contract. Yeah. <laughs> you, you work for us. He would have been, you know, he was Jim Ross. He would have been a coach. He would have given him some, you know, some positives of why he doesn't, you know, why he should come back home and, or come back to the States and stuff. But at the, at the end of the day, he's not going to take his bullshit. Like the whole thing with Mark Bagwell, you know, next time have Mark be a man and call me and not have his mama call me. Yeah. But what? also maybe fucking, maybe the dude was fucking crazy. And when he said he didn't want to come back, everybody was like, good. <laughs> Let him stay. Let him stay. I don't care if you pay him. Just to stay, keep him at home. He's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> well, this is a good match. Like I said, a good tag match between these two teams, which uh, Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkai go over, which you could see coming from the beginning. But little Guido is always a good worker. And uh, this the, was it. This is Tony Mama Luke. Yeah. Okay. The same Tony Mama Luke from WCW? Yeah. No, he didn't look the same to me. I thought he was a different guy. I thought they called him like Tony Marinara or something. They did in WCW. He's Tony Marinara. Hmm. But he was also, I don't want to say, like, they, neither one of them were huge, but he also bulked up from that time. But yeah, this was, this was like the last incarnation of ECW, of, ECW, of the FBI. It was, uh, Tony Mamaluke, Little Guido, and uh, Trinity. It, well, in in ECW, it was um, um, Little Guido, Tony Mamaluke, and uh, um, Big Sal. Big Sal. And Big Fat Trash Bag. <laughs> Big Nasty Sal, yes. <laughs> who was the one that they, who was the, the other big fucker that WWE used for the FBI? Because he wasn't on this show. Remember, they had a big... Some big clod that they went it was on. Big Sal. Big Sal. No, yeah, no, no, no. Not the fat one. There was another one that was like a giant or whatever. Not, but he kind of looked like Giant Silva a little bit. I don't remember that. Big Sal was a big fat guy. The guy I'm talking about was like a big, big Guido or something. I don't know. Anyway, I have no idea. I seem to recall him. I'll have to figure that out. Maybe, maybe it was a fever dream. I don't know. But, uh, but, Best thing about Big Sal is ECW. They're just you fat fuck, you fat fuck. <laughs> Anytime he did something, they just called him a big fat fuck. Well, they weren't lying. <laughs> so after this tag match, we uh, get the scene with Sabu being loaded into the ambulance, kind of pretty much foreshadowing that uh, Sabu is not going to be in the Extreme Elimination Chamber match. Of course, the crowd is booing, as they should, because it's a heel move, and he's a babyface. So the next match is Tommy Dreamer versus Davari, and Davari is escorted to the ring by the great Kali. Yes, and um, the commentators mentioned it after I wrote it down. I'm still going to put it in my notes anyway, because I wrote it before then. How was Kali supposed to get involved without anybody noticing? <laughs> it's like, it reminds me of, 
And an observation that Meltzer put in that he said he was watching this Japanese Japanese documentary. Okay. And um, um, Giant Silva and and Kurgan were over in Japan. Okay, like they were doing shit in Japan, and they were walking through the streets. And Giant Silva put on like a bat, like a black baseball cap, and some sunglasses. Because he didn't want to get recognized. He didn't want to, wanted to blend in. It's like, you're the giant Silva. And you're in Japan. You're not going to blend in. not going to blend in. No matter what you do. You're walking because you can't fit in anything. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um. I actually like Kali. I like Kali. I like Navari. I like Tommy Dreamer. I like everybody in this match. The, uh, I think, I think Kali gets shit on too much too. Like, what do I want to say? Is it his fault? What were you expecting him to do? Exactly. Was it his fault that he's seven foot four and 450 pounds? And, uh, Took a paycheck because he's an attraction from a, a company that's all about attractions. He's How not gonna is that going to go do Huda Conranas and, right. <laughs> if you're watching the WWE's product, you should probably expect some of some of like a great Kali. You know, I don't know. It's just there. There, there are some wrestling fans that are just too much, and I know, I know, I sh- I shit on Kenny Omega and I shit on Orange Cassidy. I get it. Not even, it's not even now. If you go all the way back, all the way back, giant fucking like Haystacks Calhoun, you know what I mean? Big, big fat slob, but people paid to see him. What did he do anything? No, but he was a big fat fuck that everybody wanted to see. Big daddy, I love watching British wrestling. There's YouTube channels that I have that 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 I subscribe to that have have World of Sport all over it, and Big Daddy's always at the end of the fucking show, and it's always the worst fucking thing. But he's a big fat fuck that people wanted to see, and they wanted to sing his song with him, and like um um like there's always every fucking territory had some big ass hillbilly that, that was just a klutz but they they wanted to see him you know what i mean andre the giant in 1988 yeah <laughs> he wasn't exactly you know <laughs> yeah. rolling around uh doing a great wrestling match it was just people wanted to see him because he was a big bastard that everybody wanted so i think it's just ridiculous and i think that sometimes Especially the 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 really really smarky internet wrestling community guys don't realize that yeah the business has evolved but the business is the business and just because and again like I say I do not like Kenny Omega I do not like Orange Cassidy and you know what that means I do not watch them. And I do not really talk about them because I do not watch them. Why would I watch something I don't like just so I can bitch about it? And the wrestling business is that a wrestling business, and not everything is pro wrestling gorilla. And 
not, and eh. and I don't like watching a pro wrestling gorilla show. You know why? Because when I watch a wrestling show, I like it to be balanced. Yeah, and, and I don't, I I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch fifteen matches that are fast and high spot matches. That's not what I, I want to watch. And, and I get that too. But what I was going to say was, the, what shows that the wrestling business is the wrestling business is that. Like I said, not everything's pro wrestling gorilla. And if pro wrestling gorilla was where everybody wanted to be and what everybody wanted to do in the wrestling business, nobody would ever left. And if like, it was like, if it was what everybody wanted to see, it would be where the WWE is right now. Yeah. So fuck yeah. off. <laughs> Kali's all right in my book. And then I liked I liked him as a heel because he just like slam somebody or do whatever. And then I liked it when he'd fucking dance with uh, with Runjan Singh. Like that was fun. I, I think the guy doesn't get enough credit. And you know what else is crazy about him? In India, he's a fucking cop. Could you imagine getting pulled over <laughs> and the great Kali gets out of the car? And I shit my pants. <laughs> or the I'm assuming van. <laughs> like I don't think he's in a car, but this guy gets out and is like registration or whatever they have in India. I'm like Jesus Christ. And like I said, I know that uh, <clears throat> there are times where some of the things that I say might come off as hypocritical because they are. Like you know, next week we're gonna watch a shitty pay per view and I'm gonna I'm gonna shit on it. But I wouldn't watch that shitty pay per view. If I didn't have to do it for the purposes of this show, I don't watch things I don't like voluntarily. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that a lot of a lot of wrestling fans, and it's the same with Star Wars, but a lot of these fans are sadomasochists. Like they want to watch something just so they can shit on it. Like I, I have never understood the people that every single week are never going to watch Monday Night Raw again. Okay, you you've said it every single week for like ten years. And I, I kudos to those that don't. I watch Monday Night Raw. Well, I watch the 90-minute version on Hulu. But I watch it. And you know what? I don't watch any wrestling live anymore because I want to be able to fast-forward through what I don't want to watch. The only difference between, like, what you say, like, we're going to watch this shitty pay-per-view because it's whatever. What, what I, what I, my concept with these was it's bad, but it's bad good. You know what it's, I mean? It's yeah, like, it's fun. It's bad. Like, I hate bad, like, bad, I don't want to say it, bad wrestling can be it's just as entertaining as good wrestling, if not more. Right. And that's what these, sh that's what these pay-per-views are. Like, I, there's 10 times worse, like, just, like, this isn't funny bad that we could have watched. This is, like, funny bad. Like, like, most of the people on these shows are, like, super talented guys. Right. It's the booking and shit. The booking that, that that's the booking that we're mocking. It's not. It's not the wrestlers. Just wanted to say that, but yeah, I just. Anyway, I don't want to get off on a rant or whatever. Davari wins this match by uh, kind of out of nowhere too. Yeah, with the with the old with the old tight pull on Tommy Dreamer, and then after the match, uh, Kali gives Tommy the uh, the the press slam on the on the stage. And then in and a press slam, he tree slammed him. He tree slammed him, him, yes. And uh, Tommy does if what Ali would press slam you onto the steel. 
You'd be I dead. don't care who you are. <laughs> You'd be dead. You'd be out. Like Tommy Dreamer would have been like, fuck that. No. Well, Tommy Dreamer does what Tommy Dreamer does, and that is take an ass kicking. Take an ass kicking and then uh try to prove himself to be the hardcore badass. You know, he gets up and walks out on his own. And um, that's how we end this. It was fine. Then we get the segment in the back where Paul Heyman goes into Hardcore Holly's locker room. And uh, I I love the fact that much to not to Hardcore Holly's surprise, Paul Heyman puts him into the elimination chamber. He's even in his gear. Yeah. And it's like Heyman was like, when I come in, pretend to act. Like you're like you're surprised that I put you into the match. <laughs> well, fucking gear. <laughs> and then up next we have a mixed tag team match. Yeah, it, we do. It is Mike Knox and one of Aaron's favorites, Kelly Kelly. Hell's yeah! Against Kevin Thorne and Ariel. Um, I, I hardly ever say this about women. I don't want to say it, but Kelly Kelly. Like when she came back, I was like, "Man, she didn't need work. She didn't need work done." Like she looked com- like. There's a lot of times when I'm like, "Whatever." If you're a celebrity and you're famous, you might need to do that or whatever. But she looked completely different to me. Mm-hmm. Like she went from being like pretty to being like fake Hollywood. And I'm like, "Man, eh, you kind of didn't need to do that, right?" I mean, like I. Yeah. There's nothing worse to me, whether it's a male, a male or a female. I'm not, so I'll say it that way. Unnecessary plastic surgery. Like somebody should have looked at like these people and been like, no, how about you? You don't, don't, you don't need it. <laughs> You're old. Just be old. You know? Right. Kenny Rogers, what are you doing? <laughs> now, but you know what I mean? Like that's one of yeah. the funniest random things Jim Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Seen Kenny Rogers lately? He looks like a Martian. <laughs> like he just randomly said it. Like I don't even I don't even remember what brought it up. But yeah, he said Kenny Rod. You seen Kenny Rogers lately? Looks like a Martian. I don't remember why he said it either. I don't either. But it was just random, and it was in Jim Ross's mind, and he just said it. And <laughs> like, um. Another like wrestling wise, and like I said, I don't want to, whatever. I'm not, I'm not shaming a woman, whatever. But I just think it was unnecessary. Another person that had it unnecessarily, and I was thinking about it the other day when I was, I don't even remember what I was watching. But Lawler, like Lawler, didn't have good plastic. Like I, I'm assuming he had plastic surgery because he doesn't look the same anymore. No, no, he had, yeah, he's had definitely had some work done. Like, why is your nose so little now? <laughs> What's going on? But anyway, didn't want to get well, off tangent. Jerry wants to look the age of the women he wants. Yeah. But now it, it's just, it, it. I hate unnecessary plastic surgery. Just boggles my mind. And I think, I think um, a person, unless it's like, Unless you're in the hospital and you got shot in the face, you know, or um, these little kids that'll get attacked by animals, you know, like a dog attacks a little girl or a little boy. 
unless it's that type of like emergency plastic surgery, I think you should have to talk to somebody. Yeah, this like, is a weird thing to talk about on this. Yeah, show. No, but you're not wrong. Right. <laughs> but I think you should have to have. I think you should have to have a psychological evaluation before you go. I want you to take my face <laughs> and completely change it. You should have to sit down and talk to somebody and be like, "Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to look like a puppet?" Yeah, why do you why do you want to look like a Barbie doll? Yeah, well, I'll puppet. You want to look like a puppet? <laughs> Tell me why. And if it's a logically sound reason, <laughs> go for it. But if it's because vanity. Vanity. vanity vanity is a big business we both work we both work retail and you see how much fucking how much makeup products there are and yeah. hbc and all that but you if know, it's, it's because if it's because i want to keep getting the big roles or because my husband doesn't look at me the same anymore be like no maybe you need, maybe you need a new husband yeah maybe you need somebody that's not so fucking shallow but now you look like or but nope Go ahead, look like a puppet. Have fun. You're a woman, but now you look like George Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> well, Christ Almighty, just be old. <laughs> just be fucking old. Like <laughs> Are you insane? What is your uh? What's your? I I like Mike Knox. I do too. Um, Kevin Thorne sucks. I was about to say, what is your opinion on Kevin Thorne? Lame. That dude. Ne yeah, he. Ne I'll be honest, he never did as anything worker, for me either. As a worker, nothing. Like he's he he's a basic bitch worker. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I think the only reason he got to the where he got was he was a bigger dude. Like he was probably on indie shows and was like the bigger guy on the show. He was a John Laurinaitis guy. It was yeah. When he originally got signed to the company and did that Mordecai gimmick, they wanted to do a feud with him and Undertaker, and he and washed he, out. He, essentially, he, essentially, he washed out, and everyone that wasn't Laurinaitis said, "Nope, we're not putting him in the ring with the Undertaker in a yeah. major feud." And he was a guy that they probably looked at as. He's got the size, like he wouldn't look small or whatever with the Undertaker. You know what I mean? Then it was like, nah, he bite he sucks. Like, like how is it? There's a reason, and it's a totally different thing, but there's a reason that Glenn Jacobs got picked to play Kane. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because he was bigger than the Undertaker. And he could work. But he could also work. And they knew that because he had been in that he had been in that company for fucking year, like three or four years. You know what I mean? This, there, this Mordecai cat shows up because he got signed off site and then they probably saw him work and they were like, this bites. No, yeah, we're not, we're not putting him with taker. You know, we talked about Kali earlier, not a great worker, but you can justify putting him with taker because he's an attraction, you know, because of his size and everything. And he looks, he looks like he could fuck up the undertaker. Well, it's kind of like Gonzalez. Yeah, but no. somebody somebody that doesn't look like that has to be a high caliber worker to work at the level with Taker. Yeah, and Kevin Thorne was not it. <laughs> he was not, but he and Ariel go over in this match, 
And then the Sandman makes his entrance. Much he's to also, the EC... Oh, go ahead. He's also one of the guys that Cornette slapped. Yep. Because he wore a baseball cap to the, like in the match. He smacked him. Just smacking people around. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> slap like, a motherfucker. Like, like, you know, Jim Ross had to be like, oh, corny, you can't be. You can't be slapping the talent. You can't be slapping the talent. But when somebody walked, if another, like, you know, Bruce Pritchard walked into Jim Ross's office and be like, hey, <laughs> he's like, what you got? What you got, Bruce? Uh, I just understood that uh, Cornette just jack slapped Kevin Pritchard out of Louisiana. <laughs> And you know, in the office, privately, in the office they laughed. those two were laughing together. <laughs> He's like, what, what, what did he do that for? He wore a hat. <laughs> Smacked him right in the face. <laughs> Jim Ross like, what does he, Bill Watts? <laughs> He's like, hey. He smacked him right in the face. And Jim Ross had to get it out of his system and then walk up to him and be like, I can't go around doing that. <laughs> And you know how I know that's how it is? Because I've had people in the job that I had. Yeah, we're managers. We get it. <laughs> the, I, have, I have had situations where I've had, had people to, tell I have had people to, yes, I've, I've had to get that shit out of my system before I did a coaching. Yeah. Like, I had a lady come, like, me and this other manager had a lady... One time, this old lady over the walkie being like, pick up line two. And a guy's like, I'm trying to get there. And she was like, well, I'm just tired of this customer bitching at me. <laughs> and we had a coacher for it. You know, I've had all kinds of shit. Some One time, a guy, customers complained to me because some guy, they, they, they asked, um, they asked a kid if they would, if he would, get him a hold of a manager and he was like well, I don't have a walkie or anything and they were like well can you go back to the back and get him and then he said maybe I will maybe I won't and then he walked away and then he never came back <laughs> I was like that's fucking funny but I couldn't tell those people that was funny you know yeah. so you can't tell me that Jim Ross didn't have to be like Recollect myself. Right, let me collect myself because he slapped Kevin Furtig for wearing a hat. <laughs> anyway, so I like I said, Sandman comes out after this uh, after this match, much yeah. to the the fans the, the fans uh, uh, happiness. I also let me ask you this. I know on the pay per view they play the the WWE network sandman music mm -hmm. do you think they even overdubbed it on on the pay-per-view do you i don't think so you don't think they actually played understand because i know on the i i know i read that on the first um ecw one night stand they did that like they actually played under sandman and yeah they but they didn't play the metallica enter sandman they did overdub it on the yes on the on the DVD and on WWE Network. They overdubbed the Enter Sandman that they used for the first one. They used whatever who was it was a Motorhead, but there was a cover of Enter Sandman that he used in the arena. 
Wow. Okay. He, but they never used the Metallica version. Um, but I think by this point, he was just using the WWE music. All right. I just was always curious if you heard or thought that. <laughs> but Sandman comes out with the cane and does the cane thing, and that's what he does. And uh, it's effective. You're at an ECW show. You should probably have the Sandman come out and cane somebody. Yeah. And who better than Kevin Thorne? And uh, up next, we get an interview. Uh, I must have been like six deep or something when I wrote this because my notes don't usually look like this. They're not usually so uncouth. <laughs> but I have Bobby Lashley interviewed by some bimbo. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> it's so accurate. I didn't even write it down. Bobby Lashley at this point in his career looked great, worked great, fucked as a promo. Yeah. Yeah. He's also a guy that doesn't have the voice that he should have. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. Totally agree. He's like, like, um, like they do a good job. They did a great job putting him with MVP. Okay. Fantastic job putting him with MVP. And what I've watched of him on WWE now, until recently, because, you know, that's just beat him for the belt and moving into this feud with Brock or whatever. Um, I hadn't seen him cut very many promos. Like they were kind of booking him as like the guy just goes to the ring and does his shit. You know silent, I mean? He's 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 been booked as the silent but deadly guy, and that's what he should be because his voice does not match what that man looks like. It's like Mike Tyson, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what is going on here? <laughs> that shouldn't be coming out of that guy. Um. But essentially, the the gist of the interview is they show you know they show the footage or whatever of uh, Paul Heyman's conspiracy against Bobby Lashley. Bobby talks about Paul Heyman having it out for him. Uh, cuts the promo. It's not a great promo, but a guy that is an athlete that is the size, caliber, and talent of Bobby Lashley doesn't necessarily have to be a good promo. No. And like I said, it's not the fact that he's not a great... Because Brock's not a good promo. No. He is when he's just being a prick. Yes. Yes, I agreed. Like yes. When he's being himself... Like, this Brock Lesnar is more Brock Lesnar, like actual Brock Lesnar, than they've ever let him be. You know what I mean? Just him mm -hmm. being an ass. Like... Those promos he cut on Cena... Remember those promos he cut on Cena back when, when yeah, he first came back? Yeah, rolling down your leg. It's yeah. pass. <laughs> it's pass. You know what I mean? It's pass. <laughs> and when he took the microphone and looked at Hulk Hogan, was like, show's over, Grandpa. <laughs> and do you know why that line is great? That wasn't written for Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar went out there, took the microphone, and I'm sure they said, say something about like, oh, we're putting an end to this. There's something like that. And he just looked at Hulk Hogan. He's like, show's over, Grandpa. Like, this is the greatest. It's one of the greatest lines that has ever been said in the history of professional wrestling. And Hulk Hogan was fucking furious. <laughs> and, and speechless. And furious. Speechless. And couldn't do anything about it because no, what's he going to say? And what's he going to do? What's he going to do? <laughs> do, brother? What you going to do, brother? I'm Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. And I know they're not going to fire me. You know what I mean? Like, 
I'm bulletproof in this situation. But party's over, show's over, Grandpa. The greatest lines ever. There's a U. He won a UFC fight. I don't watch a lot of UFC, but like if it's if people are having like a party or whatever, I might go to it and and I'll watch it, you know. But I don't I don't I don't study it and know like oh this guy and that guy. But um, he won a UFC fight and they interviewed him and the whole show was sponsored by Coors Light. And oh no, it was sponsored by Budweiser. Sorry, Anheuser Busch was sponsoring this UFC, and the guy said, "Brock, you just won." What are you going to do tonight? And he's like, I'm going to go home, drink a 12-pack of Coors Light, and lay down with my hot-ass wife. <laughs> like, he buried the sponsor. Yeah, he didn't care. Jimmy John's is paying his fucking yes. bill. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how we got into, like, Brock, because uh, you saying Brock wasn't a great promo. Like I said, if it's something you want him to say or do, it's not going to be that great, because Brock Lesnar, he, he he's a he's a guy that's on the level of the fact that he just doesn't want people to tell him what to say and do. So if you're going to tell me what to say and do, I'm going to just do it. All right, done. See you later. But just, there's that echelon of people that just do not like being told what to do or what to Mm -hmm. say. And he's in that fucking list. He's on that fucking, he's on that list. And he'll just be like, I'll go home. See ya. That's why I wonder I know we're getting in the weeds, but that's why I wonder how things are. And I know he's still with the company and I know he's cooperating and everything, but that's how I wonder how things are going to go down with him in WWE now, because from everything I've understood, the only person in that company he listened to is Vince McMahon. I, he walked you know out, what? he walked out when Vince quit. Yeah. You know that he said, fuck it. I'm going home. If he's, if he's gone, I'm gone. If he's gone, I'm gone. And I guarantee that Triple H probably called him and said, um, there's a lot of things that are going to change around here, but whatever deal you had, whatever, whatever structure, that's something that's not going to change. And, mm-hmm. and probably said, if you thought you had creative, I'm, and I'm just being hypothetical because obviously I don't know, but I would think like a guy like Triple H would be like, if you think you had creative freedom with Vince, like imagine how much creative freedom you're gonna have with me, right? <laughs> like I want people to express themselves. I want people to be risque. I want people to be, you know, like I, I'm not saying Triple H is gonna go back to like having the crowd flare their titties and right and fuck you and this that and that. No, it's a publicly traded company. Yeah, it's, That's it's, never gonna you happen. Still, you still have to be somewhat whatever, but. He's, you can already see it on the shows that they're letting people do more shit and letting these guys be themselves more and whatever. But um, I think that's what that was. I think he was probably just like, Brock, you, you will keep doing you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Well, then Paul Heyman comes out before the Elimination Chamber here and cuts a promo. And like I said, I think that the, the whole story that even Paul Heyman was telling was this company needs to evolve. Yeah, and there was more, There's honestly, there was more to this promo knowing the story of it. Right. All you get sent home at, well, they both decide that Paul's going to go home. And um, there's certain things that he says in this promo looking 
knowing what I know, knowing what we know now with the behind the scenes stuff is like that was that was a half ass shoot because he even says you know um, after after, after the Sandman is gone after Tommy Dreamer is gone after Sabu's gone even after I'm gone he says even after I am dead and gone or, yeah uh, dead and buried or whatever you will still be chanting you might not be chanting my name but you'll still be chanting ECW. You know, like he knew, he knew this was it. Like I'm done after this. Like I've, I've, I've yelled at Vince McMahon one too many times. Like <laughs> I've fought with his daughter yes, one too many yes, times. I've stamped this card. Like I'm done. I don't have any more. I don't have any more free subs or whatever. Like I'm out. It makes you wonder, if, like, like what was the one thing, like, when it was, because I've never heard the entire conversation, but I'm wondering what the one thing that was said that just abruptly ended that conversation was probably those two just looking at each other, <laughs> and they'd be like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> the thing what? that I love about the thing they that love I love them. about his relationship with Vince and the McMahons and the whole WWE is. He's he's the he's that guy that Vince and then even eventually Stephanie and Triple H because you know him and Stephanie this is 16 years ago him and Stephanie had their issues were 16 years later and apparently they don't now he is that one guy that like even though he is everything that the McMahons are not. Vince McMahon recognized that guy is a fucking talent. Yeah. And on the on the flip side, and Vince McMahon recognized this guy has something, he's a talent. I want to utilize him, even though we may disagree on almost everything. But on the flip side, Paul Heyman has also always recognized, I think I'm just going to stick with Vince. Like, yeah. I know we're going to fall out, and I'm probably going to get fired a couple of times. Oh, TNA? Nah, I'm not going to go there. Oh, AEW? Nah, I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to stick with the WWE. Well, it's because he didn't need it. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. the Heyman hustle is real. Like, Paul Heyman's the hustler. Like, he can get by for a year and a half doing some shady shit <laughs> or whatever. And, <laughs> and, um, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like whatever, but you know, Brock pays him. Brock pays that guy. You know, like he does more than just wrestling shit for Brock Lesnar. But um um I wanna say it, like it, it's kinda like I almost said it was like Mick, but it's kinda like sort of like Mick, but Mick tried to do other things. I just I just like I said, I, there's just it had to it had to have been him saying something about Stephanie to Vince. Oh, for sure. Like it had to be like and I'm in here trying to do my job, and your bitch daughter's over here. <laughs> and that was, excuse me, <laughs> you know, like that had to be it. Like I, I, I just think it'd be funny, Vince saying, "Excuse me, pal." Excuse me, pal. <laughs> yes, there was a line crossed. Yeah, some he said something about her that Vince McMahon was like, "You're fucking done. <laughs> you gotta go away." Well, then we begin, we begin the elimination, the extreme elimination chamber match for the ECW champion. Of course, the defending champion is the Big Show, who at this time definitely needed the time off he's about to take. 
you can tell looking at him, he is mentally and physically not in a good place. He's really heavy. Yeah. I mean, he looked tired. He looked sweating to walk into the ring. He didn't look, he didn't look like, okay. When I think of the big show, I think of the impressive big show. And you can say when he was the giant in 2005, or you can say when he wrestled Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, whatever it was, because they're, you know, he, he, I'm glad he rebounded. You know what I mean? Because he had a fantastic look and a career after this too. But yeah. this was a period of his life where you can tell he was just in a bad way. And it's crazy that nobody was really doing anything about it because in like 2000, they were like, you need to go. You need to go. You're out of shape. It's like, he looked fucking fantastic compared to what he looked like here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, go out there and do it, buddy. <laughs> and and I, I tell you, I tell you. It, it, it's it's all to the fact that I think he just needed a break because if you look at him at this show and then you look at him a year and a half later when he comes back to do the shit with Mayweather, it is, it is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Like it's, it's inspiring. It's great. Like it's, it's good to see. I think, but honestly with a guy that was that big. Okay. When you're that big, you have to eat. You know what I mean? Like, you have to. Mm -hmm. And we're like, I can eat one pizza and be like, okay, I'm good. A guy like that big would have to eat like two or three of them. You know what I mean? So what I think happens is, no matter what you want to say, when you're out on the road, you're not going to be eating as healthy all the time. You know what I mean? Yep. So... You can try as much as you want, but you're not going to. And I think a dude like that gets out on the road and probably has all the well intentions of being like, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay to stay to my diet and I'm going to do my thing. But I'm also leaving this building at 12 o'clock at night and there's no fucking health food restaurant open. It's fucking McDonald's or Arby's or whatever. And that's what I got to fucking eat. Mm hmm. So it was probably like Jesus Christ. I gotta go home. Like I gotta right. go home and just stay in my house and get in shape. You know what I mean? Yep. And and I think that's probably what like why you see that track record with him throughout his career. It's, up and it's, down. Yeah, yeah, up and down, up and down, up and down. And, and and the reason I can even say that is Daniel Bryan stopped being a vegan, and the reason he said he stopped being a vegan was I can't do that. Right. Like, like there's a, I can't do that when I'm on the road. Like he didn't go full blown. Just going to start eating meat all the time. Right. Like, sometimes I'm going to have to eat a fucking hamburger. because I, <laughs> I can't it's, get fucking carrots. At it's fucking what's up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what's available. Yeah. There's no carrots. <laughs> well, we have this, this extreme elimination chamber match and here's my thing. It's funny. What's that? I said it's fucking awesome, but go ahead. It, it is good. And my only problem with it, because the story they tell is great. There's a lot of great spots in the match, and they all make sense. My only problem with this Elimination Chamber match is it's so short. Yeah. For an Elimination Chamber match. And normally I would be like, why are we dragging this on this long? But with an Elimination Chamber match, it's like the Rumble. I expect it to be longer. 
you know? I think it part of it was um I don't want to say it like I think they wanted it to be um extreme. So like they wanted it to be like impactful and imagine having like a hardcore match go an hour. Right. right. So that's what I think it part of it was, in my opinion. Um, there's like some really cool spots in it. Um, RVD doing that spot where he jumped from the ropes and like Spider Man onto the fucking chamber, and that was fucking sweet. Yeah, I have that written down here. Like, RVD's a dude that that fucking thing was like. That's a wrestler that fucking thing is made for. It's somebody yes. like Rob Van Dam. Or, That's why he was in so many of them. Yeah, like <laughs> Rob Van Dam or a Ray. I don't think I don't know if Ray was ever in one or not. He was. Like a Rob Ray, Kofi, Kofi, a Shelton Benjamin. Like this fucking thing is made for those guys. He probably was never in one, and he would be fucking fantastic in it, Shelton. But anyway, I'd have to go. I don't remember. Maybe I, I don't know if he was doubt, or not. I doubt it. he's. He's not been in a lot of things that he should have been in. The and we're gonna talk. We're talking about the good spots. There is a bad spot in this match. Yeah, which one? In theory, in theory, Bob Holly could contest that he is to this day the ECW champion because he doesn't get pinned in this match. I don't know if you noticed, but Test only got a two count on him. I didn't notice. Yeah, the referee's like one, two, and it was like a half count. Like the crowd even re- didn't even react like he got pinned, and then they he got eliminated. And I was like, uh, he got eliminated. So yeah, that's, he- that's funny. I have every elimination wrote down except that one. So that might be yeah. why I didn't write it down. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing something and not noticed. And then be like, Bob. <laughs> Where's Bob? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. What about he, Bob? <laughs> he didn't. He got pinned, but he didn't get pinned. Like test, test, like the it was the referee. It was totally the ref on the referee, but yeah, it's not the biggest fuck up pinfall he ever had though. <laughs> WrestleMania when he won the when he won the hardcore title and wasn't supposed to win the hardcore. Yeah, title. <laughs> and then he cuts a promo and calls Michael Cole a little shit. A little shit. He accidentally wins the belt and then calls Michael Cole a little shit on live paper. It's like, you're not having a good night, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, you little shit. (laughs) You know he was frustrated. Yeah. Because he probably got to the back and Vince was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yelling at everybody. And then he's got to go to this fucking interview with Michael Cole, and he's like, you little shit. <laughs> Bob Holly's best lines, like like you said with Brock, Bob Holly's best lines come from when he's just talking and improvising, yeah. you know? Uh, uh, get up on the chair, you fat bastard. Yeah, Chuck, you fat bastard. You fat bastard. What was it? Who was it? Jim Ross? Or... Bruce, it might have been Bruce Pritchard. They said they had like, they have like booking meetings with that or like with the wrestlers or whatever and be like, Did anybody have any ideas? Anybody have any ideas they want to talk about? And Bob would be like, oh, I think you should put the belt on me. Like, okay, well, what do we do after that? 
I just fucking beat everybody. <laughs> like, all right, thanks, Bob. <laughs> Anybody got <Yeah>. anything else? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I heard a story about how he 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 uh, pitched the idea that he beat Gold. He beats Goldberg. Like Bob was always like, I should go over everybody. Yeah, put the belt on me. What do we do after that? Well, I just fucking beat everybody. I don't, I don't know. I'm not the writer. <laughs> it's fucking great. But anyway, he's a good old hillbilly boy. Like, I like, I just like hearing stories about him and fucking a little bit of interviews that he does out there. He just seems like he's just a, you don't fuck with me. I don't fuck with you. But I'm grumpy. All that's like, yeah, it's my kind of guy. <laughs> me. <laughs> But anyway, like you said, Punk, or, um, um, like you said, Bob got eliminated. I didn't even notice it. Yeah, Bob, uh, got, elim- Bob got eliminated by test. All right. Um, RVD eliminates CM Punk. Yes. Uh, with his five stars frog splash. That was the best way with this crowd to eliminate Punk. Because if anybody else, we can't do it. <laughs> yes, if anybody else eliminated Punk, they would have shit all over it. But since Van Dam did it, you know, you put them in that situation where they're like, like oh, oh, God damn it. <laughs> yes. do I, am I supposed to be mad or happy? I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> so so yeah. a, good, a good booking decision there. Do something now, neckbeard. What you got? Anyway, um, um, then test he ends up eliminating RVD, and I actually liked it because he did the elbow from the pod onto a chair, and I, I thought it was impressive. And um, you know this about me, and I think I'm probably um, a bigger fan of him than you, but I was always a fan of test anyway. I, I, I thought the dude was fucking really good for being the bigger bigger dude that he was. And I know he had problems and that's some of the shit that set him back or whatever, whatever, but always better as a heel. Yeah. But, um, unfortunately, mm. I think he definitely, really, definitely better as a heel. The guy even look like a douchebag. Yeah. You know, but unfortunately I think he really started finding himself as a character and figuring out the wrestling business. Like right when his problems got the worst, mm-hmm. and like I think if he would have been able to um, tackle that shit, he would have had like people would talk different about him. Fuck, I think he was only like thirty fucking three when he died or whatever. It's fucking insane. But like at this point in the guy's career, he had the look. He had he like he. he got his weight right got his uh, you know what i mean yeah like everything was coming together for him and and when you're so bad that tna says you need to leave you got a problem because mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a point when that company would look anybody <laughs> anyway. as, far, as far as the booking of this match goes if if this is what vince wanted and like you you alluded to this is what paulie wanted but if this is what Vince wanted, they booked the match the way it should have been booked for a crowd reaction of some sort because uh, Vince wants Lash- Lashley to be the champion. So 
Lashley is left with two heels. You've got rid of CM Punk. You got rid of RVD. You've left Lashley with two heels, so he's the babyface. He, and he overcomes the odds pretty much and uh, winds up spearing both men. And Bobby Lashley becomes the ECW champion. Yeah, and like I said, not um, um, there's some impressive shit in here too. We kind of got like um, Big Show going through the pod is cool. Yeah. Yeah. But um, like I said, I think, and I'm not knocking. Um, Bobby Lashley at all in any way or anything like that, but I just think that if this would have been anything other than ECW, it would have been totally different. I totally agree. And I think, again, it was a good show, and I think that, that for ECW, if the intent was and always should be to evolve a product and grow a brand, this is actually from beginning to end, a fairly effective show. You have you have ECW Originals on the show to give that vibe, but you're also evolving the product with new talent. And that's always my thing about it is, and, and especially after watching this in hindsight, what would... Those people that, that would shit on this, okay? What would they have happen... Would you like to see Sabu and Rob Van Dam wrestle each other for another 22 years? Because I seem to remember people bitching about Randy Orton and John Cena wrestling each other for 15 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's one of those things where, again, I, I just, the, 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 the trolling kind of thing, or the, the I'm a wrestling fan and I just want to bitch about everything, gets on my nerves because there's so much hypocrisy in it. Yeah. And... Um, it's, it's also, I'm I'm not in any, I'm not in any way saying this is a seven star pay-per-view or whatever, folks. I'm just saying overall beginning to end, it was a good, it was a good wrestling show. It was only two hours and it did everything it needed to do. And I agree. And like I said, when you wanted it on the list, I'm not saying, Oh, why, why the fuck does he want this on there? I, I just like I said, this pay per view I think gets gets a little bit of history rewritten on it, and um, it was it was it was a good show, and maybe is it the greatest fucking pay per view of all time? No, not even not even close, <laughs> not even close. But it's a really good match to open. A really good match to close, and then it's kind of nothing bad on it, kind of filler. You know what I mean? Like, if I would have been sitting at home and I spent sixty dollars on this, I'd probably been like, "Why the fuck did I just spend sixty dollars on this?" To me, you know what this show to me feels like? The WWE, like a WWE production. It's the closest thing I've ever seen the WWE do that I was like, this reminds me of Clash of the Champions. Mm-hmm. Like Clash of the Champions usually had a match that mattered at the beginning and a match that mattered at the end. And then the middle of it was just... Matches to serve a purpose. Yes, yeah, matches to have on TV. And 
like I said, if I would have been a, if I would have paid full price for this pay-per-view, I'd have been like, I feel a little cheated. But watching it now, I'm just like, meh. It's a serviceable show that didn't really do anything terrible. And I didn't really mind it. Probably the, probably, probably the worst match on the show. And I'm just saying, just because I have to pick from the show, the probably the worst match on the show was uh, maybe Davari and Dreamer, but it wasn't even bad. Yeah. You know? Like, this is what, it's a show that, and you can tell me if this doesn't make sense. It's a show, but by, by the time it was over, I didn't remember some of the stuff that happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when it was over, it's like, I don't remember Tommy Dreamer <laughs> tree slammed. But I can say that about um, some modern WrestleManias. Oh, I know. <laughs> I I mean, mind you, by the time it's done, I'm fucking crashed. Like, like I'll, or I'll remember stuff from a WrestleMania, but I don't know which one. Like, which which WrestleMania did Braun Strowman and that kid win the tag team titles? Mind <laughs> you, by now it's because I'm trashed. Because yeah, it's seven it and a half at, hours started long. At, it started at three. And now, and now, and now, I was going to say it started at three, and now it's Thursday. That's twelve thirty. So this is an entire shift at work. WrestleMania, and there were only eleven matches. What the fuck? Well, could you imagine being in the WWE now? And it might change. It might change now that Hunter's involved, but still, it's, that's company's making money. So there's certain things that he's not going to be able to change. But could you imagine being in the WWE now? And they're going, we don't have anything for you for WrestleMania. Like, excuse me? <laughs> Do I work here? <laughs> the show is ten and a half hours long. I think, I, think there's, I, think there, I think there's two battle royals. <laughs> you're literally booking. You literally have people working out there, and there's nobody in the stands. <laughs> I got to work at FanFest? <laughs> We don't have anything for you at WrestleMania. <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to go here and shoot myself. It's the equivalent of when we read that 2000 or that PWI 500 and they were like, Billy Gunn ain't a meatball sub at WWE New York. <laughs> like, that is how you would feel. <laughs> like, you meatball sub me. Like, I don't know why I just thought of that, but guy <laughs> that didn't get booked for WrestleMania. <laughs> like, sorry, Drew Gulak. <laughs> Is he still God, there? God damn it. I think he's still there. <laughs> Who knows? I don't have anything for you, sir. Like, damn it. <laughs> well, that being said, we're going to wrap up this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast and... Um, which pay-per-view are we going to do next week? I'll let you choose. Uh, well, we said we're ending with the eruption. Yes. Yes. That's how it usually ends. What better way? <laughs> so that means, let me look here. Oh, I went too far in my book. So we already did Blackjack Brawl. Unfortunately. Yes, we just did um, December to Dismember. So I say, um, well, the 
next two are WCW. So either way, I say the next one we do, let's do one that we know isn't good because there is a few good things on Fall Brawl 95. So let's just go New Blood Rising. It's honestly the worst fucking show on the entire list. It is. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm I, glad I added it. Yeah, you added it. I came up with the three when I was drunk. Surprise, surprise. But they put New Blood Rising on there, and I'm like, that is that is some primo shit right there. The height, yeah. the height of Vince Russo. This is WCW. The, yeah. No shackles. This is how you don't book professional wrestling. Yes. And the end of the 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 end of the show makes me more mad every time I watch it. So that's what we're looking forward. Like I get irate every gonna, time I see ne- it. <laughs> next week's episode is gonna be Aaron's blood pressure rising. Yes. That'll be the that'll be the title. I get irate every time. I want, like I'm gonna break something, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> All right, well I'll do the sign off here. Thank you everybody for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And as we said at the beginning, uh, check out any of the shows here on the uh, WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network, including this one. If you're listening to this, you're already checking it out. But if you yep. smell what the arch is cooking with Archie Mitchell, our our modern product show every week, Reliving the Extreme, of course, where we discuss ECW with. ECW Zone, Mr. Chad Austin, Mark's Indie Spotlight, where Mark is talking to indie stars from around the country, and he is going to be getting, he, uh, he had to stop doing shows for a few, but he is going to be getting back into that here shortly. Some work stuff came up, and we understand that. He doesn't get paid to do the podcast, so. Yeah, well, neither but, do I, but I'm still here. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for joining us this week on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, and as always, We'll see you next time around. Have a great week, everybody, and peace.